The goat herd had stopped and was looking Farnell's way, a disinterested spectator of the ambush. He looked at the distance as if he were as unconcerned as his goats. A flash of movement tugged at Farnell's eye. A man ran down from the road to an outcrop of rock high to the left. Farnell turned his head and looked at the ridge on his right. A thick cloak of silver fur that ran up its spine was broken for a few yards by a gully, then continued across to cover the top of the ridge on which he lay. I'm going up to the road, Karim. If you say so, Sahib. Karim Singh was that rarity, a cautious Sikh who always weighed discretion against valor. He was no coward, but he always thought twice before attempting to be a hero. He would deride others for their instant cowardice as he just had the porters, but there were Paharis, and, being a Sikh, he could not think of them with anything but derision. When I reach there, you follow me. If you say so, Sahib, but wouldn't it be better to wait till nightfall? Karim, that won't be for another eight hours. Then Farnell sighed. I don't know why I bother to keep you with me. You have become accustomed to me, Sahib. True, Farnell thought. A man's loyalty was worth more than his bravery. But he wished he had been fortunate enough to have found a legendary Sikh, one of those black-bearded heroes whom Rudyard Kipling was always writing about. Mr. Kipling should be here now. Another shot rang out, the bullet whining away once more off the rock above Farnell. I want you up there on the road five minutes after I get there. Five minutes, less if you can make it, understand? He didn't wait for Karim's usual answer, if you say so, Sahib, but all at once rose up and flung himself down the side slope of the ridge. He heard another bullet ricochet away above him, but he kept hurtling down the slope, a tall, two-legged mountain goat that, like its four-legged brethren, managed by some miracle to stay on its feet. He reached the bottom of a gully, crossed it, and scrambled up to the protecting shadows of the firs. He kept moving, his lungs beginning to ache through moving so quickly in the thin air. Then something hit him and he fell sideways into a tree, all the air going out of him in a great painful gasp. For an instant, he wondered why it had not occurred to him that there might be more ambushers here amongst the trees. Then he saw the big Sampar stag go plunging down through the trees, its head twisting as its antlers struck a tree trunk, its panic evident in the reckless way it skidded and slid and jumped down the steep slope. Farnell stood up, felt for broken bones, decided there was none, and moved on. Stiffly now, up through the trees. He had been shooting Sambar for ten years, but he had never been closer than a hundred yards to them. It would be something to tell in the mess, if ever he got back to the mess, that he had been knocked down by a stag as big as a small elephant, or so it had seemed. He worked his way up the ridge, stopping only once to catch his breath and to check he had a full magazine in his rifle. He wore a bandolier of ammunition, but he did not want to get into a protracted battle with the ambushers. He had no idea how many were in the band of dacoits, but he guessed there were no more than three or four. He came to the edge of the trees and saw the road running slightly downhill to his left. That meant, with luck, he should be above the enemy, a golden rule amongst hillmen. He had been born in these hills. He had been sent to England, to Wellington and Sandhurst, to be educated. His real education, 
that needed for survival here had been bred into him at birth. Four generations of Farnals had fought in India, and three of them had been born here. There were instincts inherent in him that still prevailed under the varnish that the years in England had applied. He understood as well as anyone that the tribesmen of these hills, from Afghanistan as far east as Nagaland, knew as much about fighting as any graduate of Sandhurst, probably a great deal more. He crossed the road at a run, made it to the forest of firs that continued up the slope. He moved swiftly, his experience showing in the way he made use of his cover. Like Karim Singh, he was a veteran of ambushes. But on those other occasions he had half expected them, had known the reason for them. He came to the spot where, on the opposite side of the road, there was a cairn of stones with a pole of prayer flags fluttering above it. Pious travellers.